You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 262 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the very clever Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. I do feel clever today. I feel very proud of myself. Did you do a Sudoku puzzle or something? No. So I've got a new, like, um, uh, some AI living in the house. I've installed Alexa. Oh, okay. All right. And uh-huh. um, I, I'm caught, like, so I feel good about it, but then I get a paranoid about it because yes. I've also connected Alexa to the light and okay. the toaster. The toaster? Yeah, which I'm not sure if that's going to work, okay. uh, but I can get her to turn <laughs> the light on. That's good. What do you say, Alexa, turn the turn, light on? And she turns the light on. I say, turn the okay. light off. I ask her what the time is. I ask her to play music for me, play podcasts. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. she doesn't get it right. Sometimes she just outwardly just goes, I don't know what you're talking about when I ask sure. her questions. Like in yeah. a, with, a, with, a, with attitude, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. part that's concerning. The other part is that it's her, the microwave and the toaster and the kettle and the light yeah. At night alone. Have you read Animal Farm? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this is my concern, Valerie. You think they're all Well, gonna... I just think they're all getting friendly. I'm out yeah. all day. They start talking yeah. about me more and more and then mm. there's an uprising. It and, could happen. And Alexa the and the toaster yeah. and the microwave and so mm. so do you know how I'm covering myself? How? I'm being exceedingly nice to her. So, <laughs> hi, Alexa. Oh, What's the time? Thank you. Alexa, can you set a timer for five minutes? Thank you, Alexa. Okay. What's the weather today? Thank you, Alexa. <laughs> Just so, you know, and then I try Does and be Alexa nice. Does Alexa talk to you if you don't, like, without you initiating so there's this thing that's happening at the moment, like I was on the phone before and her, mm. she was on the whole time. And so I just went, mm. Alexa, turn off. And she turned off and then she came back on again. She's spying on me. <laughs> I think so because, you know, um, I never talk to Siri and my partner never talks to Siri. However, she inserts herself into our conversations yeah. all the time. It's kind of crazy. And she talks like neither of us ever correspond with her but she talks to my partner all the time like he'll just say something you know about something that's on the television and she'll just you know she'll just contribute to the conversation it's the bizarrest thing 
Yes, AI. It's getting very clever. I see it. Uh, the, like the AI in Photoshop uh, is amazing and just getting better. And in cameras, uh, it's yeah. But I guess and the topic that we're talking about today, how to get the perfect mm. exposure in every lighting condition. Yes, you can program these things to be amazing. But you still need to be able to control them. So when I ask Alexa to play a certain song, if I don't ask her in exactly the right way that she has been programmed to understand, she cannot find that song because she doesn't understand it, right? And so it's the same with cameras. And so what we're going to talk about in today's episode is how to override because this is what I need to learn with Alexa, how to override the default settings to actually get the desired result, which is what you need to do to get take your photography to the next level. Excellent. Okay, yeah. very keen to get stuck into that, how to get the perfect exposure in every lighting condition. In the meantime, we have a listener question. And by the way, listeners, if you're not already in our Facebook group, that is the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. It's free to join. Just um, request to join. We'd love to have you in there. There's so many great people from all over the world. Um, and all you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. Um, so we have a listener question from Shannon who has um, said, experimenting with backlighting, shot this pic of my daughter on Nikon 3500 at f3.2 50mm ISO 100. Lightroom is still a mystery. I'm trying to solve. So I edited on my iPhone with Snapseed. Constructive critique, welcome. And Shannon has uploaded a photo, which we will put in the show notes. Of course, you can find it at ginamilitia.com. And it's a photo of her beautiful daughter, um, and it's kind of not not quite backlit. It's like side backlit on on the left of her daughter, and there's in the background um, blurred out because her, because there's a shallow depth of field. There's a building, but then there's trees in front of the building. So there, it's quite a nice background. There's like green trees in the background, and then sort of a little bit of a hint of some um, leaves of the trees in the foreground, so that there's this really good um, perspective of the trees in the foreground, then the daughter, and then the the background. And her daughter has um, blonde hair, so the it's catching, it's picking up the light that's sort of side side backlit um, quite well. So what are your comments on that, Gina? Yeah, well, firstly, Shannon, I think you've uh, done a beautiful job with the connection and got a beautiful, open and honest smile, uh, authentic smile from, from your daughter. I love the shallow depth of field because what that does is it makes uh, your daughter the hero of the shot. And you've also yeah. done some... Um, beautiful composition with this you haven't sort of slapped her smack dab in the center of the frame you've got her off to uh slightly to camera left which makes the whole composition a bit more interesting and then added depth because you've got uh, some foreground uh interest by having the trees in the foreground and then it's your daughter and then there's the background that there's a couple of levels you've got the uh sort of the trees there in the background and then beyond we've got some sort of building so there's a great deal of depth in the image so having all of these factors in the image means that your eye doesn't just stop in the center of the frame there's all sorts of things to look at so you kind of go to the start to your daughter and then to the back and all around which what you want is eyes on 
your the images for as long as possible because the longer someone looks at an image the more opportunity they have to connect so you've done all that well and uh, you talk about having edited the phone with Snapseed and that Lightroom is still a mystery. So, Shannon, I think it's time that you embrace Lightroom because it's like you can do so much with it. And I know it's uh, confusing at the start. I've got some uh, great tutorials in, in the Gold community uh, introducing Lightroom, but it's very easy. The way I learned Lightroom is I just did a little bit every day. At first I was... Um, a bit bamboozled by it, but it's so worth uh, the investment because you can really take your images to the next level. And in the show notes, what I've done is I've done a little before and after for you just to show you the difference in what what you can achieve when you do a little bit of white balance and uh, a little bit of uh, selective adjustment. Now, with your image, in camera, you could do uh, quite a bit more. So the thing that I noticed, and this is what we're going to talk about a lot today, is metering skin tones. So what happens uh, when you've got a backlit image like this and you point the camera at the image, the, what your camera tells you is the correct exposure is actually slightly underexposed. So what I tend to do when I'm shooting images like this that are backlit is I tend to overexpose, override the camera's, what the camera says is the correct setting and brighten up the skin tone so that you do get the correct exposure. And basically what you want to have is the brightest part of the image should be your model rather than the eyes being directed to another brighter part of the image, which would be the the, the background. So uh, overexposing slightly by half to one stop of what the camera is telling you is correct is a good thing to do when you're working backlit. And the other thing that I think is important is to always make sure that you white balance your image to get the correct color balance in the image. So this image, when I look at it, is a little too um, warm and it's got a little bit too much magenta. So I have corrected that and you can see the uh, before and after in the show notes. Sorry and about that. Gina's phone going off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I uh, thought I had it on silent. Um, and... So big difference once you correct the, the white balance there. So uh, there, there's a, a few things that are, are worth considering uh, with that image. The other thing that um, you, when you're doing backlit images, and I don't know if you had this on your camera at the time, Shannon, is I actually can see there's a little bit of flare because the image is backlit. There might have been a little bit of light hitting your lens. So what you can do is if you're going to do a lot of this sort of backlit photography, is make sure that you've got a lens hood on your uh, lens and so that's just a little hood that stops any flare hitting the lens so when there's uh, light backlit light will hit the lens you'll get a sort of a flary look uh, the other thing you can do is just shade your lens so you have a look at it and if you see that there's sunlight on the lens, you know you're going to get flare in your image. So you can actually just get someone to hold a shade over that uh, over that lens and that'll block any lens flare. So the other thing that I had to do was increase the blacks in the image. So when you've got lens flare, it uh, decreases the contrast of your image and it makes it look a lot flatter. So in, in the edit there, I've added a lot of black to that image. So I've actually included my Lightroom adjustments 
uh, down in that image there so you can have a look at it and everyone can have a look at exactly what I did uh, there in the before and after. So, um, but again, great, great job with the composition and it honestly, these little tweaks take two minutes to do and those of you who uh, receive my newsletter every couple of weeks also collect all the free Lightroom presets that I give out. Yes. So there are like a one-click uh, wonder that you can do. And then, of course, uh, next level from that, uh, the members of the Gold community uh, see these sort of photo critiques uh live during the Facebook Live uh, AMAs and also when I do the photo yeah, photo critiques uh, each month, I'll take a photo and I'll take it from start to finish and you get to see exactly what I'm doing to edit that image, correct white balance, correct skin tones, uh, all in, you know, on, on, on different uh, images. So that's a great way to learn Lightroom as well. And if you uh, join the Gold community, it's like having Gina in your back pocket. So many fantastic tips, incredibly practical tutorials, and all done in Gina's inimitable style where you absolutely understand what she's talking about. So to find out more about the Gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold community. If you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd like to invite you to join my Gold community. I love mentoring members and many achieve so much more than they think is possible. Here's what Frank Romano had to say. When I called you and, and you were gracious enough to, to humour me and something magical happened that night and, uh, you know, uh, when you just showed me two or three things, my mind just went boom and I just said, yeah, this is, this, this is it, away we go. And um, the flame's been uh, roaring ever since. You know, I get up at 6, uh, you know, 6, 6.30 every day and I would spend at least half an hour to an hour every day uh, learning uh, some, mm. some skill, either a technical skill, a creative skill, uh, online, listening to uh, or, you know, going through your, uh, your tutorials. I've been through your tutorials many, many times again mm. and again and again. Um, so, so... It's, it's, it's really a, uh, identifying, you know, and I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, aren't clear, well, you know, why, why are you actually doing this? What's your intention? And they're not totally focused and committed on that, but if you're totally focused and passionate about achieving that intention, then you'll focus your attention on those areas and, and you'll, you'll uh, achieve or you'll go looking for the skills. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to genomilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, how to get the perfect exposure in any lighting condition. Where do we start on this, Gina? All right, so this is something that is uh, often gets so confused, and I think I, I can remember when I first started out with photography, I could never work out that why sometimes if I took a photo, it'd be great and the exposure would be perfect, and then there would be other situations where why is it overexposed constantly or why is it so underexposed when it didn't make sense? And then I realized that the it had to do a lot with how the camera's light meter works. And so what we're going to do in this episode is demystify all of that and make okay. it si and simplify it and understanding 
And it's again, it's like I talked about Alexa earlier today. Understanding how she was programmed and what, how I need to speak to get her to work is the same with the cameras. If you understand how the light meter works, uh, it, and and it's really simple then you can understand how you can override the settings and make sure that you nail the perfect exposure every single time. All right, so great. let's start out with the one thing, the, the, the major way that the camera, and I've got, again, in this uh, for this episode, there are very detailed show notes with lots of examples because I can explain it and hopefully that's enough for you. But if you need a little bit more and you're a more of a visual kind of person, I encourage you to go and check out the show notes because I promise it'll make a lot more sense when you see like the before and after images. And once you get this, photography just becomes so much easier. All right. So yep. we'll start with um, how the camera's meter reads light. The actual inbuilt the, the meter, meter in the camera in your is camera. what you're about. Okay. And so what we do is you'll see a scene and even if you've got your camera set to auto, everything's on auto, all right? Yeah. You're just starting out, pull the camera out of the box, set it to auto, and you see a scene. Now, if there is nothing extraordinary about the scene, like it might be a, you know, an overcast day where the, the the light's kind of flat and nothing and you take a shot the camera nails it every time but there are a couple of situations where it doesn't quite get it right and so let's say you're taking a photo down at the beach at sunset so the sun's behind the person that you're photographing and the person that you're photographing might be fair-skinned in a white suit on the beach at sunset and you take yeah. a photo, what happens generally is the background might look okay, but what happens to your person, they're underexposed. Because the camera is seeing lots of light reflected right. off the white suit. Reflected is exactly the right term, Val. Okay. So the camera's meter doesn't read the actual light that's hitting the person. Mm. It reads the light that's reflecting off your subject and that's why there is so much confusion and there are a couple of instances where the camera gets it wrong so in most cases I have to say that Hans the guy <laughs> at the camera factory that invented the camera and the metering system he gets it right and it is very very clever it's mm -hmm. pretty it's amazing machinery to get it right but because it's reading reflected light, not actual light, there are a few instances where it gets wrong. Now, I say this all the time, but if you never, ever want to make a mistake again and always be able to accurate, accurately meter your shots, get a light meter. All right. right? I swear by them. But it's an extra investment. And I think having to rely on that... Um, that you, you're always pulling your light meter out. There are ways that you, once you know how the camera's meter works, that you can realize, oh, this is one of those situations that my meter is confused by, yes. so I know I need to overexpose or underexpose in these situations. So 
If you can, get a light meter. You'll always get it right. A lot of professionals use light meters. I love my light meter. I will use it, but I don't always use it if I'm working with daylight. I tend to use it more when I'm working with adding flash. Right. All right. So now the camera's meter is reading the light that is reflected. So we know that that the that works but the situations where it might not work are let's say that you're in a very bright area like you're in snow or very bright subjects or the opposite where you're in a black or a dark area so very very dark room and it also gets confused with different skin tones so if you're trying to photograph someone with very very light skin tone or someone with a very 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 dark skin tone the camera metering system kind of freaks out and runs home to its mama okay (laughs) so to help us understand uh why it gets confused let's we have to understand one thing the camera isn't colorblind it sees or isn't it is colorblind colorblind. it does not see colors it sees in shades of gray or shades of grayscale right Mm. and so what Hans did when he programmed this camera is he said all right I know that when an image is correctly exposed what what the camera is trying to do is find the a point of mid-gray in that image and that image is then correctly exposed so when you're pointing your camera at a subject and the camera is trying to take a reading of the light that's reflected whatever light that it's reflected the camera is looking at that light and making a calculation and saying okay in order to get the correct reading I always have to bring this back whatever subject I'm I'm metering back to a mid gray which is the correct exposure which is also a very conservative exposure because a camera, no matter what model it is, is going to give you uh, average exposures, the, the kind of the best of an average exposure. Nothing creative, nothing fancy, middle of the road. Yeah. So it's correct, but it doesn't allow for any creativity. So what I've done is a little experiment where I've got four images in the show notes where I've taken four images that have all been exposed using the camera's auto feature. All right. And these are different images taken around the world, but they're just like one of them is uh, some padlocks that are attached to a uh, chain mail fence with a, a river in the background. It's actually in Paris. The other is a beach, uh, beach umbrellas on a beach. The other is a couple sitting in chairs uh, at, I think it's at night outside a restaurant and then another, a little girl walking along the beach in in the middle of the day, right? Mm -hmm. If you take that shot, each of the shots, and convert them to black and white because that's how the camera sees and then take those shots and blend them up in a blender, Mm -hmm. you'll get mid-gray for all the shots, Okay, yes. Okay, so that's to prove that that, that's what the camera is going for in every single instance, okay? Okay. So it demonstrates that we're going in, if you shoot in average settings, 
then the system works. We're going for the, the, the majority of that image will be perfectly exposed as mid-gray. So the camera is going to tell you that to shoot this correctly exposed, you need this ISO, this f-stop, this shutter speed, and you'll get a perfectly exposed image. All right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and of course, you can have a look at the show notes over at ginamilitia.com if you want to follow along. So correct in terms of how Hans manufactures the camera is not correct visually. Um, it can be, you can argue if you were entering an image in a photo contest that this is a correct skin tone by photography light measuring standards, but visually it never looks right. No, no one that you ever photograph is going to say, I love how detailed you've captured my skin tone and I love how <laughs> you can see every single detail and poor mark on my face, right? <laughs> and so that's why when I shoot a skin tone, I will, I will overexpose it by a half to a stop and it gives a much better effect. Now, the camera... The fact that it does these great things, you can expose these images and take shots that everything is correctly exposed is kind of, you'll get average shots. If you want to take, um, be more creative with your images, then you're going to need to override the camera's metering system. And I've, I've put a couple of images in the show notes. Like I've got a shot of the same area where there was like a little pocket of sunshine hitting a um a particular area of a wall now oh, yes. if i if i let hans expose for that image what hans what the metering system in the camera would do is um have a look at the shot look at the darkest area of the shot look at the brightest area of the shot yeah. do the calculation and give me exposure that will give me detail in the shadows mm -hmm. detail in the highlights detail in the midtones average shot Okay, mm -hmm. it's the generic, it's the beige of photography. Beige <laughs> is the most non-offensive color in the world. It's the color that most hotel rooms are painted because no one can be offended by beige except me. It offends me no end, that color. Okay. I'm offended, I walk out, right? Okay. <laughs> beige. The image on the left of that shows what you can do if you... Um, creatively meter your shots so same image same location instead of letting Hans or my camera do an automatic reading I did the reading myself and I read for the highlight the brightest area of the image that's what I expose for and so, so that's the so in the image there is as Gina mentioned a pocket of sunlight on an otherwise kind of uh, shadowed um, wall so she is um, exposing for the pocket of sunlight. Yeah. And so what happens now is because I've exposed for the pocket of sunlight, all the other areas in the image go to black. Mm. And at the same time, there is a, a cyclist uh, riding into that pocket of uh, sunlight. He is in silhouette. The rest of the image is black and there's this little pocket of sunlight and you get uh, an, a creative interpretation of that scene. Yeah. Okay. Now, I could have also have exposed for the shadows and it would have been the reverse of that where I got, you know, a blown out area where the highlights were. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you like because it's your interpretation of an image. That's what the art of being a photographer is. 
But when you give the power to the camera or hands, you're always going to get these correct images because that's what the camera manufacturers program the cameras to do because yeah. they can't – you can't have – Suddenly, Hans is away for the day and Dave says, I'm programming the cameras and he's gone and smoked a bong before he did it and then suddenly everything's psychedelic. Is you know? that how Dave talks? Dave? Yeah, and, 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 and he's, he's got a bong. Dave's a stoner and okay. he likes psychedelic, right? Right. And so imagine, imagine then if the cameras were programmed to Dave's psychedelic standards, right? And suddenly he wants, he only wants the camera when in his mind, correct is like super blown out skies and super um, desaturated colors. And do, do, do you see what I mean? You can slant it any way you want. Yes. Okay. okay. So, so, but there is a standard uh, that most camera ma manufacturers um, adhere to, and this is this that 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 the mid gray point is the average, and that is the correct exposure, and so that's what they all follow. All right. Uh -huh. So when it comes to skin tones, you're going to have uh, that same issue. So on in the show notes, I've got an image of a girl who is being lit by daylight, and behind her she has a white wall, so a bright white wall. Now, if I take a meter reading off uh, this girl, uh, so the the camera's meter is also connected to uh, how the camera focuses. It's the same point, and by default, it's in the center of the frame of the camera. Okay, now you can move that around, but by default, it sits in the center. So when I hold my camera up to take a photo of this girl, it'll meter on the center point if I'm mm. not moving my point around. And the camera says that correct, the correct exposure when I take a photo, it's correct, but to my eye, it's underexposed. It looks a little bit gray in the skin tones, but you could say, you could argue that this is correct, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When I apply um, my overexposing uh, and and metering for skin tone to be slightly lighter, everything shifts, and there the, you have a, a, a brighter, more beautiful skin tone. The white is more crisp, but the camera is telling me that this is overexposed, and so this is where you can start to have some creative input into how your images look. And knowing that the camera is also go, always going to give you a conservative uh, average reading that you can override uh, on your own and overexpose to get the right look of the shot. So for the skin tone, I've metered off her skin tone. So I've placed the camera's uh, metering point over the girl's skin and I will increase my exposure until I'm getting somewhere between half a stop and one stop over. All right, so you'll know that the, the camera's metering system, when you look in the camera, all right, either um, when you look through the viewfinder and you'll see your LCD screen inside the viewfinder, you'll either see that you'll have this, um, uh, the, the light meter is inside the camera down the bottom 
or it runs up and down the the either the right hand side or the left hand side of the camera, depending on the camera that that you have, right? Yeah. And it runs from uh, the it'll be zero in the middle, and then plus one and plus two, running to the right hand side, and then minus one and minus two to the left hand side, or it's sometimes it's reversed depending on the uh, the camera model that you have. So that's the light meter that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So you've just not got to know that as much as it, it touts itself to be smart, the camera is uh, not that smart. So if you try <laughs> it's a bit shooting, deluded. Uh, sorry, it's a bit deluded. <laughs> it is a bit. <laughs> try shooting something like this in the following conditions. So imagine you've got Darth Vader. Because we've all got Darth Vader. All right, sitting yeah. on a black leather couch. Right. So we know that Darth Vader, for those who aren't Star Wars fans, is dressed all in. Black. Right. So imagine Darth Vader sitting on a black leather couch mm-hmm. in a room painted black. Not many all people right. would have this opportunity, but okay. Okay. <laughs> and you got your light meter and you, you told your camera, let's take a photo of this. Now, okay. the camera is going to look in that room and go, oh, it's very dark in here. That's yes. how the camera's being, oh, my God, it's really dark. And then it's going to say, I feel the force is strong here. The force is strong. Yes. But, and what's going to happen is it is trying to meter for mid-gray, mm-hmm. right? And so what it's going to do is it's going to – overexpose that image because it's going to see all the blackness in the room and it's going to think that the correct we need to find a mid-gray so it's going to make one up and what will happen is when you tend to shoot in areas that are too dark the camera is going to overexpose or give you the wrong exposure so i've got a couple of examples i've got darth vader and if i try so and expose Gina actually the... has a photo of darth vader <laughs> in a lounge room in the show notes <laughs> over at ginamilitia.com so if you want to have a look this is what's hanging around gina's house goodness knows what she's she does with it you don't want to know you know <laughs> so when I try and expose for the black of Darth Vader, my camera wants to get that correct. And so what it does is it says needs to be mid-gray, needs to be mid-gray, overexposes, <laughs> and it'll give me and I will get Darth Vader looking mid-gray. And he and doesn't the camera, look half as scary when he's mid-gray. Not, as, not half as scary. The correct exposure is actually like another stop or a stop and a half. He just looks like a that. dirty stormtrooper. He looks dirty when he's grey, but when he's black, he looks fierce. Yes. Right? So that's a situation that the camera gets it wrong because black, the light that's reflected off black, mm-hmm. there isn't a light. Black actually absorbs light. So the yes. camera is doesn't see enough light, so it makes it up. And it makes up the wrong exposure. So that's why when you're trying to photograph, say, a, a darker skin tone or if you, you're photographing a model that's in an area where there is lots of black around them, you're often going to get the wrong exposure. And it's mm. for that reason. And knowing that, you can compensate and actually stop down. So either uh, increase your shutter speed or uh, close down your aperture so yeah. that uh, you, you're getting 
less light on the image. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so another scenario. Let's get Stormtrooper, put him on a white couch in a white room. So Stormtrooper. Because, has got Dark Vader. It's no surprise she's got Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper all in white, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, on the white couch in a white room. Now, if you point your camera at that, the camera's light meter reading the reflected light is going to think, wow, there is so much light in this room. And what happens is it's metering for mid-grey and it's going to underexpose your image. And so you'll always, when you're trying to photograph a light subject in a light area and coming back to our uh, image of uh, that Shannon took at the start of the show where we did the CC of her daughter, daughter was backlit. So Shannon would have pointed her camera at the daughter's skin tone. All the light that's flooding um, f- from behind her is going to cause the camera to say there's so much light it'll underexpose the image. So that's why that happens. All right, so Stormtrooper, again, is underexposed. The correct exposure, again, is like a, about a stop, stop and a half brighter than what the camera is telling me because it's reading the reflected light and it gets confused by that. Mm-hmm. All right, so just to prove my point, I went out and found a dark skin tone <laughs> to yeah. photograph on in a backlit uh, location, all right, that happens to be on some Caribbean island, right? Okay. So um, in this instance, again, the camera is saying, okay, we've got um, a dark skin tone, but it, there's so much light behind it that it's obviously bright enough, and so the correct exposure according to Hans's calculations is mm-hmm. underexposed because all the light behind the image yes. is influencing the character. So underneath you'll see that the correct exposure, so we've got the in the correct exposure, according to Hans, mm-hmm. you can see that the the blue in the sky and in the water, right? But the the person, the model is you can barely make out their face. Yes, yes, it's yeah, underexposed. Okay. And knowing that we need to override the settings and you want to expose for the correct skin tone, that means you need to overexpose probably by about a stop to a stop and a half to get the correct exposure when you've got someone backlit. And what happens then is you're going to lose all the detail in the background, but you will get a good skin tone because you're overriding the, uh, the camera's default settings. All right. And of course, if you want to um, make sure that because the background is important to you or for some reason, Gina's classic tip is to expose for the skin where the, where the person is properly exposed and it'll come out beautifully. But yes, as she just mentioned, the background will be all blown out and you won't be able to make it out. But then you get the person out of the shot and or you or you don't have to get the person out of the shot, but then you expose for the background and then you comp the two images together. You can combine the two images together. Yeah, that's another way. Or you can use flash just to confuse everyone. But yes, that that way is good as well, Valerie. So <laughs> See, I listen. You do listen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now, every camera has um, different metering modes that you can actually adjust. That 
If you uh, work with the different metering modes, you can actually help the camera um, get the metering a little bit more accurate. Now, I can't sit here and list it, how to change the metering modes on every different camera, but there is a, like a, a stock standard generic metering uh, mode button on most cameras. It looks fairly similar. It kind of like, all I can say is it looks like an eye. And it's usually... Uh, in the higher end cameras, it'll have its own dedicated button. And if you've got more of an entry level camera, you might have to go into the menu to find it. So there is, for this one, Val, mm -hmm. um, I would apply the RTM protocol. Do you know what that is? No, what is it? It's read the manual. And, <laughs> and, and you just, just read the manual for your particular camera and just to find out how you can change um, the metering modes for your particular okay. camera because everyone has a slightly different one. But um, just we'll go through the different metering modes and when you can use them and this is going to help you um, get better settings. So, um, basically, so we talked about, you know, you've got your exposure meter located in the viewfinder. They're slightly different depending on the camera, but in the show notes, I've got an image of one just in case you're not sure. Cause I think there are, there are beginners that have looked through their camera and never even realized that those numbers down the, in the screen were actually the light meter. And that's what yes. you're, changing when you're metering so this is like finding out that you can change the focus points i think knowing that you can meter uh differently and you can override the camera's actual settings so have a have a good look uh at, at your particular model and um find out where your meter is located and start paying attention to that meter because i know that at the start when you're shooting there are so many things that you have to remember but the more you do this actually time kind of slows down as you get better at this and all the things that were so new and shiny when you started out just become uh, second nature, like learning to drive a car. At first you had to think about, I'm going to indicate, I'm going to check my back mirror, I'm going to change the gear, crunch the gear, put my foot on the, all of that, and now you do it automatically without, you know, sadly without even giving it a thought really. So yeah. that's the same with me. And remember the RTM approach. And for... The one thing that I'm noticing is with some younger people that I know is they don't keep manuals, unlike um, the generation who have gone before them, because they're so used to Googling things on the internet. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, oh, I don't need to keep that manual because if I ever, you know, need to know whatever, I'll just Google it. But in fact, for people who have done this, that's not a good idea because your manual is very specific to your camera. And often when you Google, particularly when it's got to do with camera operation, you will come up with a billion different results for a billion different cameras. And it's actually quite hard to sift through them. So hang on to your manuals. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and they're worth, you just keep the manual with your camera bag, which yeah. is what I do because you may be in the middle of, whoop whoop nowhere you yeah. know at no reception That's Aussie and slang of the week yeah whoop, it whoop. is actually um <laughs> and and <laughs> it is oh really <laughs> <jumped> the gun. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and you might not have reception and here's this amazing shot and the, and you want to change metering modes or you want to change something and then you don't know. So it, 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 it yeah. is worth having and it, it, it really is worth reading the manual just to take that half hour or hour out of the mm. day to read it because you find out, oh, I didn't know my camera could yeah, do that. Yeah, so true. All right. So just going back to the metering. So yeah. when I'm talking about correct metering, there mm. will be like – your meter, your camera's meter will be set at the zero. That is correct. When I talk about overexposing, it'll go towards the plus numbers. And when I talk about underexposing, it'll go towards the negative numbers. So overexposing your image for by one stop, when I talk about that for a correct skin tone, your uh, meter will be under the plus one. So hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so all cameras have different metering modes, mm. Val. So yes. uh, basically, I'm going like they're all pretty much the same across all makes and models. I'm going to stick to the 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 two main ones for my examples, but they're all pretty much the same. So you've got uh, center weighted metering, which is basically uh, measures the light on the whole scene. And there's also a diagram in the show notes that show you what the different metering modes look like. So what the icons are. So center weighted metering measures the light over the whole scene, but it actually places more emphasis in the center. So let's say you're doing a shot where you've got uh, someone who is backlit uh, you might want to switch to centre-weighted metering because it'll compensate for the bl- brighter background right. and it might help you get a better exposure, mm-hmm. all right? Yep. The other one is spot metering, which yep. is just a little dot in the middle of the, the screen. And spot metering, it'll take a single reading from a tiny, tiny area of the frame. And so this is good uh, if you need to get an accurate light reading from a tiny, uh, bright area of, of the plane, like maybe a, a backlit couple walking in the distance or mm. like uh, a lot of photographers swear by this for accurately metering portraits um so the problem with this is it's such a tiny area that you could easily like um move the spot into the wrong area and and say like you got it over a darker area of hair or something by accident and you'll get your exposure uh would be um wrong doing that Mm -hmm. so i actually uh to be honest never use spot metering uh, the okay. one that I do use uh, yep. is uh, matrix metering because okay. I think it, th- this is the default on all cameras and I think it's the most accurate because what matrix metering does is it'll take the scene and it divides divides it into sections mm-hmm. and it'll it'll take an average based on the brightest and the darkest. And so it's a good all-rounder and this is the one that I leave my camera on all the time. And then knowing what I know about how metering works, I then compensate for the lighting conditions that I've got. So matrix, uh, I think it's matrix called matrix in Nikon and uh, Canon call it evaluatives. But uh, I think matrix has got the... uh, the cooler name but basically what you're saying is it's it's the average 
it takes the average of the entire scene. So it'll yeah, measure yeah. the entire scene and sure. uh, it, it divides it up and, and takes uh, the average. So I like to work in matrix. Do you want a matrix quote? You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for that. I didn't so, know you were a Matrix fan. So, so, so Matrix is where I reckon Hans, good work, son, good work. <laughs> It's All right. where Hans so, went down the rabbit hole. He, he did well with the Matrix. Okay. So um, now we'll talk about skin tones now. So okay. if we took all the skin tones in the world and you blended them together, mm. you'd get an average of a mid-suntan skin, which is a mid-grey, all right, which is what Hans is trying to get every time he yes. takes a reading off a skin tone. So mm. know that. So what? Um, there's a little chart there where I've sort of um, uh, named all the skin tones based on where they fall on the grayscale. So someone with my skin tone, I've got a, like an olive complexion. I would be like I'm a mid gray. Mm-hmm. So if you so took a light average. reading. I am average. Mm. I know. I didn't want to be, but I am. So the grayscale that Jean is talking about is um, where you have a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is effectively white and 0, well, okay, so 0 to 10, and 0 or 1 is is black. And then it just steps up just that one step for each – for for each number. So if 1 is black, then 2 is just – ever so slightly um, lighter than black, not much. And and then number three is dark brown. Then number four is brown and so on and until you get to the colour white. So effectively it's just one step, small step for each number. So knowing that, knowing that, say, uh, olive complexion uh, would be a mid-grey, so if someone was to photograph me and use their light meter, they'd probably get, uh, they wouldn't have to tweak the um, exposure to get my skin tone looking correct. But um, if someone was photographing uh, someone with a very, very pale skin tone and they used their camera's uh, default light meter with the default settings and tried to get the correct exposure on that very, very light skin tone, the camera's going to want to bring that skin tone to mid-gray. And so the correct exposure, according to the camera, is going to be underexposed. And so when you're shooting very light skin tones, you want to overexpose. On the other side of that, let's say you're photographing someone with a very, very dark skin tone, the camera is going to see that dark skin tone and again want to bring it back to the mid-grey and it's going to overexpose, just like what happened to Darth Vader. So when you're (laughs) photographing dark skin tones, it's going to um, give you like a lighter, always going to overexpose and so the skin tones are going to look slightly lighter than they should. So if you're metering off a dark skin tone, you should probably make sure that you underexpose by maybe half a stop to a stop. But would this apply, for example, to not just skin tones, but let's say you're just photographing a lampshade, right? Yeah, or a dark building or a black wall. or Yeah, but let's say it's a lampshade and it's pink. yes. Yes. And so it, if if it's a light pink, it would be, um, you know, um, on the light end of the grayscale. Yes. And so you would have to um, 
compensate for that. But if it's a dark pink, it might be reading it as really dark grey. The yes. camera Hans might be pro- have programmed the camera to read the dark pink as quite a dark grey, and therefore we'll underexpose it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this is a worthwhile experiment to do just so you can get your head around all of this. So just get yourself, go around the house and collect items of stationary like white, white uh, mugs and plates and make yourself a still life near the window of white all white items, golf balls, whatever. Just make yourself a white still life mm-hmm. and take a reading and the, you'll find that the correct reading of all of these white items – is going to be underexposed. Mm. Then do the same. Just go and collect a whole heap, a whole lot of black items, like it might be, uh, you know, hard drives and um, I don't know, computer covers, books, whatever, and make a black still life. And try exposing correctly for that, and you'll find that the camera will consistently overexpose that lot of things. Great. And then it should make sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good exercise. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've got some um, um, examples here in the show notes where, uh, okay, so one of the big ones for a lot of photographers is where you've got the bride. Uh, in, 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 if you're just shooting a wedding, the bride's wearing a white veil, often a lot of white in the shot, and mm. uh, and then I've managed to find a bride with very pale skin tone who also happens to be backlit. Mm. Now, if I was to... Uh, And a really good way, and this works when you're editing your images, if you want to see how the light is working in the image and you want to take out all the distractions, just convert the image to black and white and it'll tell you very quickly if the image is too dark or too light. It gets rid of all the distracting elements of an image. So I've got an image that is uh, correctly exposed according to Hans's standards of a bride that is backlit. So I've got the veil, fair skin, correct by Hans' standard. When I convert that image to black and white, you can see very quickly that her skin tone is underexposed. Can you Mm. see that, Val? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So Mm. the correct exposure is when I overexpose her skin tone by one stop, Mm. now we can see that her skin tone looks great. Unfortunately, what happens is you're going to lose detail in the veil in the background, Mm, but the skin tone looks great, and that's Mm. what's important. All right. Especially when you're a bride. Exactly. So um, that's once you know why this is happening, it just becomes easy. You go, ah, it's just Hans getting it wrong. I just need to override because she's got a light skin tone or light background is going to influence how the meter works. So there's lots of examples of, you know, converting that. There's another example where it's the, the bride and the groom together correct skin tone and you see it so well when I convert it to black and white you can see that the skin tone is too dark and then when I overexpose by a stop in color it's it looks great and in black and white it looks great because you can see that the skin tone Hans is getting it wrong when you overexpose to to correct for the um the fact that Hans always wants to give you the average reading you get a much more beautiful skin tone and a vibrant looking image All right. Mm. Now, when I talk about metering off the skin, this can be confusing to a lot of people. So I've got a diagram that shows what I have done. So 
when I'm metering off the skin, this is before I'm uh, focusing on, on the image. What I'm doing is I'm placing the meter point, which also happens to be the focus point. They're connected over an area of skin to take my light reading. So mm -hmm. I know that the camera will tell me what the correct reading is. And then I'll say, Hans, you don't know what you're talking about. And I overexpose by a stop. I get my correct reading and then I'll go ahead and focus the shot. Does that does make sense? Ha does Hans ever take offence if you ignore his That's a long, We've had a long relationship, you know. Yeah, you Sometimes reckon. I listen to Hans and then I'm like, oh, why did I listen to I you? Know, Again, yeah. you got it wrong. True. All right. He means so, well, but. Mm. He does. He does. So you can see, uh, you know, that once I compensate and you get the right skin tone, it just makes a world of difference. So um, that is uh, how you do that, Val. That's a correct metering. And you will, you will nail, using this te technique, you're going to nail the correct exposure in all sorts of difficult uh, locations, like the dark areas. Like the, the particular one that I see all the time, all the time is when someone is a backlit because that confuses yep. the poor camera yep. no end. So try this technique, overexpose, and mm. you'll see that you'll get a much more pleasing result straight out of camera. And then once you edit that image, it's just going to look amazing. Yes, and the other moral of the story is buy a light meter so that you're not just relying on your camera light meter. But well, also not having one, you've got to think all the time. The, the, yes. Using a light meter, you just bang, it's there, yeah. it's perfect. But, you know, people yeah. se seem seems to have a, an aversion to light meters, so I'll give you this workaround. But, yeah, you know. and the key of the moral of that story is don't always listen to Hans, have the guts to go back to first principles and think it through logically and based on the tips in this episode. Exactly. So, awesome, Gina. Well it's done. That was about. great. So it would seem that I already uh, jumped the gun and oh, let the cat out of the bag oh, I dropped with the it. <laughs> Aussie slang of the week. So um, do you want to define whoop whoop to our listeners? I love this word so much. I use it all the time, Actually, obviously. both of us live a bit whoop whoop. In comparison yeah. to, but to you know, yeah, yeah. live in the inner city. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, he lives out in Whoop Whoop. That's just yes. how we reply, we refer to it. So <laughs> if someone lives away from, you know, a main city or out in the middle of nowhere, or or where are you going? Oh, we drove up to Whoop Whoop. <laughs> yes, and if for extra emphasis, word. you would say, oh yeah, they live in Whoop. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's so many great. So uh, I want to hear your creative take on the Aussie slang of the week, and I love, I love hearing you guys drop it into conversation when you're sharing your images in the uh, the <laughs> podcast group. It's very funny. Make sure you come and join the podcast group. Just search for "So You Want to Be a Photographer" podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. It's free to join. So many people from different walks of life. In the meantime, where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. You can also find me on all social media at ginamilitia. 
And if you want to really nail metering, learn about photography, I'd love the opportunity to work with you guys. Come and check out the Gold community. You can find it at ginamilitia.com. Just click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 